Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. that we all fall into five different ways in which we express ourselves sexually. And so when we get a better understanding of who we are as sexual beings, not only do we personally understand and realize that we are not broken, we do not need fixing, there is nothing wrong with us. And then we become to realize that we can be sexually compatible with anyone. Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How how do you do you? tell everyone what you just wanted to do i do okay go ahead i'm proud of it okay you're making me question it (laughs) i need you to tell so emma just pulled something off of what your foot it was on the couch it was on my couch um and it's my puppy's molar uh his his puppy tooth is supposed to happen and emma said oh i have the same one from her dog Mm -hmm. and i was like oh that's so fun let's get them made into necklaces and she was like absolutely not and i was like okay then i'll take it and i'll get them made into necklaces and i'm gonna get best friends carved into them (laughs) because we don't have best friend necklaces that is so scary that I want best friend necklaces. I don't want That's a tooth so around rude. my neck. That is so rude. So, do not. You know I love matching best friend jewelry. It is the fact that I would have a tooth around my neck. Do not disgrace best friend jewelry. I just want us to be different. <laughs> okay. I'm really happy that I found that for you, though. Me too. God, so special. So special. It's bloody. It is bloody. Um, yeah, it had set it on it. Now. Yeah. Happy, happy Wednesday. Happy whatever day happy this day is. Happy day you're listening to Honey yeah. Do Me because if you're listening to Honey Do Me, it is a good, a good day. day. You may not have found a tooth today, <laughs> but it's still a lucky day. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's still your day. Still your day. How have you been? I have been going, going, go, doing well. <laughs> going, going, gone. Going, going, gone. <laughs> I went to a wedding last week, my cousin's wedding. Nice. And I love a wedding. You love a wedding. Yeah. You love so. a wedding and to be tan. Yeah. And limes. <laughs> and limes. <laughs> I'm a slut for weddings, tans, limes. Mm-hmm. Jim tan limes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you know, like uh, Jersey Shore. Jim uh-uh. tan laundry. No, I didn't watch Jersey Shore. That is more upsetting than the tooth thing, to <laughs> well, be honest. So that means I can do the teeth necklace. 
because that's the second worst thing I have you've ever done. Up to the ante, and Fantastic. so that is now normal. Um, how are you? How are you? You know, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling good because mm-hmm. I'm medicated. Mm-hmm. But I realized I like literally, well, I talk about sex all the time because I do this. I have not thought about having sex in weeks. Like I have not even wanted to like masturbate, nothing. Mm -hmm. And I realized it because we're going to be filming another MN cast due soon. And I was like, oh shit, I haven't had sex in forever. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like a, I've wanted to, but it just hasn't fit in the, like I literally haven't even had the thought of it. Mm -hmm. So I haven't even tried I know that like, you know, it can be a struggle to orgasm when you're on SSRIs. So I I haven't even like gotten to the point where I'm like, let's just try. So I'm going to try and be more intentional about it. I'll try this week. Well, it's just good self-care practice. See yeah. if that's still something that's interesting to See you See right if now. I can make it happen. <laughs> if not, then Emma and Cass do will just be pushed. Emma does. Emma does. <laughs> Emma did. Emma did. Emma, Emma dude. dude. <laughs> Emma dude it. Uh, Emma dude it. That just sounds like I'm a dude. Mm. <laughs> Do you have any funny sex things? I haven't had sex either in a long time. That's it's a been, lie. It's been a couple weeks for me. It's been like one. No, I didn't have sex last week when I went home. I was on my period. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> when you say when I went home. <laughs> when I went to the hometown <laughs> that is that holds my sex partner. Yeah, sex partner resides. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. Sex. I was on my period. It was very upsetting. Yeah. It I'm came sorry. so early too. I was I was oh, hoping right, to bone. I remember talking about that. I was hoping to. Mm-hmm. I did watch two people bone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was okay. On, I was at the beach and I walked out on like the pier and we were it was at night. We had just had dinner mm-hmm. and we were walking back to the car and we were like sitting looking at the water and we Romantic. just we just hear like like type of shit what and like sounds from behind us we turn around and this man's buttocks is just pulsing (gasps) and he's like just giving it to someone from behind Um, like outside yeah outside it was by a fish market (gasps) (laughs) oh yeah it was weird it was at like 8 30 8 45 that's so late enough (laughs) i know and then they finished and got in his car and left (gasps) And we were like dead ass in a straight line. Like they were still like yards away from us, but we were in a straight line in their eyesight. And um, they just turned around and pulled up their pants and got in the car. So you're telling me you had an orgy while you were home <laughs> on your period. Yep. It was crazy. It was nuts. I wasn't expecting it. None of us were. They yeah. When we just Did approached. Did they seem alarmed nope. that you approached? Nope. Not even kind of. Just so I mean, they were still like uh, like tourists. There were still tourist shops open. <laughs> ah, it was right in between. Save the, that for the locals hour. Yeah. <laughs> right, My God. Right by the bathrooms and in between uh, the fish market. Okay, that's foul because I've been to a bathroom in a fish have market. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I've been to I one. I have a bit of a story. Okay. <laughs> um, I, Bay Area was uh-huh. there uh, long ago. Many moons ago. Uh, nobody was having sex, but I I was going to have diarrhea. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's just say I was about to have diarrhea. <laughs> and it's that panic when, you know, there's so many touristy shops and none of them have bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And it's just this 13-year-old 
panic Mm -hmm. of like, I'm going to shit my pants on the street and maybe throw up because I used to have a lot of sensitivities. So I was about to shit my pants. I found this uh, random one right by a fish market um, that, of course, there was somebody and he walked out very aware of there there were other people there very Mm -hmm. nervous about it i go in my mom blocks the door for me on the outside i don't know why i don't know if there wasn't a lock on the inside i've never smelled a smell like that if somebody took a shit in a dead fish and then held it right up to my face that's what it smelled like in there and then i was trying to get out but my mom was blocking the door so i was stuck um, oh no such an unnecessary story but a traumatizing moment nonetheless that shaped who I am today well thank you for giving that to all of us as much as your orgy shaped you yep mm-hmm. thank you for full circle moment full <laughs> circle it, you saw somebody go in and I had something come out Jesus Christ <laughs> oh god okay it was the full circle shaping who we are blueprints um, today, <laughs> so glad you mentioned this. So yeah. glad you mentioned it. Today talk we're about talking we about are. blueprints, erotic mm-hmm. blueprints, mm-hmm. and what they are and how they shape our sexuality. Yes, today we are talking to Allie Jewell. So she's an intimacy coach and a certified erotic blueprint master coach. Along with many other things that she will explain beautifully. Yes, she is just amazing mm-hmm. and it's almost like learning your star sign. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It feels like you just get to know so much about yourself in this episode because I learned a lot about myself. Allie mm-hmm. basically gave me a therapy session. Mm-hmm. So Exactly. And just what you need in the bed and kind of maybe why things in the bedroom haven't been working. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ways to, our favorite thing, start a conversation about mm-hmm. it with whoever you're sleeping with. So <laughs> many actionable steps. Mm-hmm. This is yep. And a topic I've been really excited to touch on. Mm-hmm. So hope you enjoy. And we'll see you on the other side. We sure will. Goodbye. The toots out. <laughs> so I'm Allie Jewell, um, sex and intimacy coach. And I'm an erotic blueprint certified coach with Jaya Ma. I'm also certified in accelerated evolution, uh, certified in NLP, I'm a current trainer for Tony Robbins. I've been a former uh, yeah, coach and a business and life coach for Tony Robbins as well. And been a scientist of 28 years at Pfizer. And this is my passion. I've been coaching for well over 20 years. And I absolutely love, love coaching. So yeah, this that's, is who I am. This is what I do. That's <laughs> so exciting. And you're a huge TikTok star now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you mentioned one thing that we're really interested in today, which is erotic blueprints. So yeah. can you give us a brief definition of what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liken the erotic blueprint similar to, because I know a lot of people have heard of Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages. Uh-huh. So it's you know understanding how we all express ourselves in different ways in which we like to give and receive love. It's really the same thing for our sexuality. It's that we all five fall into, excuse me, five different ways in which we express ourselves sexually. Mm-hmm. And so when we get a better understanding of who we are as sexual beings, not only do we personally understand and realize that we are not broken, we do not need fixing, there is nothing wrong with us. And it gives us a language in which to communicate to our partners that come into our life. 
And then we become to realize that we can be sexually compatible with anyone. So the five different erotic blueprints, you know, break it down into the sensual, or excuse me, the energetic, the sensual, the sexual, the kinky, and the shapeshifter. But that's how I would describe the erotic blueprints, yeah. Could you give us, like, I guess as succinct of a definition as possible, of each of the blueprints so that we can get an understanding of what each one is? Okay. How much time do we, do we have for that? <laughs> as much time. Just however long you need, and we'll ask questions throughout. Okay. That sounds good. And do you want a somatic experience with it, too? Do you want to play along? Yeah. 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 Let's okay. do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the energetic, and there's no... Um, hierarchical order to it. They're all amazing, right? Every single one of these blueprints is absolutely amazing and they all have superpowers and they all have shadow sides. So we'll start with the energetic and the energetic is somebody who is turned on by space, by anticipation, by tease and less is more for the energetic. So they like things when they come in kind of slowly right? They want safety that's present for them. And they like a slow approach to things. And that's the superpower is really that slow approach. And also that they can have orgasms like without penetration. So they can have full body or energy orgasms and energy moving through their body. So you think of people that do like, and I don't do Tantra or not yet, but I have, I'm very energetic and I have energy orgasms, like complete non-touch, wow. complete like non-penetrating orgasms and orgasms that can last like for a long period and multiple orgasms Damn. that can continue on. That is so, a superpower. Yuck. Yeah, <laughs> it is a superpower. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, part of that is like just that whole superpower of just being able to sense energy. And some of us are more in tune to that space around mm-hmm. understanding energy and feeling energy, energy than others. Others, right and sometimes we um, experience it on our different levels of our auric field so we might experience energy outside of us like oh, I can feel the energy within this room or we might feel the energy moving through our body and mm-hmm. what that kind of feels like and that and means so- you're an energetic does that mean you you are that energetic blueprint if that's someone because like I would definitely define myself as like very sensitive to energy or is that just mm-hmm. also a personality trait <laughs> Um, it can be who you are. It depends. Like often, you know, as Tony Robbins always says, like it, it's not just compartmentalized, right? Like it's not just in that it happens just in the bedroom. It happens how we do anything is how we do everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not just happening in the bedroom. It happens in all areas of our life. Okay. So when we understand who we are as sexual beings, it's not just in the bedroom and how we express ourselves. And you'll see this as we continue to move on but you see it showing up in every other area of our life. So yes, you may be energetic in the bedroom and you may be energetic in life as well. So especially if you find that, you know, if somebody's coming at you and it's too fast, like think of even when we're on Zoom, right? And somebody goes, okay, goodbye. And they're like, you know, coming to the camera real fast. And you're like, whoa, that's just like, <laughs> too much, too fast. Like slow it down, right? And you see people even on Zoom that they like back it up. And that's most likely an energetic. And so the shadow side of the energetic is when things come at them too fast, especially if it's touch that is strictly genital based touch, like somebody's just going straight for the genitals that can shut you down real fast, that can put you into turn off, 
real fast. So your superpowers are some of your turn-ons, I would say, and then your turn-offs can be some of those shadow sides. Okay. And, some, and as well with the energetic is that they can have this hierarchical kind of way of thinking at times that can be a little bit of the shadow side because they feel like, well, I don't need a partner because I can orgasm on my own. I don't need, you know, somebody else to be with me. And the shadow side is that then you can miss out on touch, right? Mm-hmm. Miss out on the physical sensation and the experience. So those are some of the things that you might be an energetic. And if you want to have a play, you can play with energy by just even simply like just put your hand up and bear maybe if whatever, if you're right-handed, I'll take my right hand, but I'll do my left hand here. And if you want to play along, you're welcome to, and you could just push your sleeve back so that you can bear your skin. Mm-hmm. And I'll invite you just to raise your right hand over top of your left hand. And in all fairness, we usually do a practice called pleasure first, just so that you can sink into your body because we're so present in our minds, right? We get so cognitive. So if you can just take in a nice deep breath and just sink into your body for a minute and then begin to slowly lower your right hand over top of your left arm and see if you can begin to notice any sensations in your arm. Like, can you tell the distance of where your right hand is? Is there any sensation of turn on in that for you? And I know being on a podcast, this might be a little bit different versus being in a one-on-one setting. But just then bring your hand all the way down just to the very hair on your arms and very slowly from elbow to your forearm or to your wrist, excuse me, just slowly let the fingers touch the hair on your arm. And just see if on a scale of like zero to five, zero being like meh, like didn't turn me on at all. Don't do that again. Versus five, like, yeah, that's very orgasmic for me. (laughs) I could definitely feel that. And I might want to try that with my partner, you know, not in this setting, but you might want to try that again. (laughs) On this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit different. But so where did that land for you? Like, was that like, yeah, I think I like that. I didn't. What was that? I feel like I really liked feeling like how close I was getting, I, I definitely feel like I can like sense the warmth and it feels like my arm is all tingly right now. Mm-hmm. In terms of turn-ons, it'd probably be lower, but it's like relaxing. And I like that exchange of energy, it felt like. Yeah, yeah. I would agree about the same. And I guess it depends on how you define turn-ons. Like, was I sexually aroused in that moment? Like, no. I should have um, done it for you. <laughs> yes, I, we should have done it together. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I could definitely like my like sensation was turned on mm-hmm. like, and it felt very alive. Yeah. 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 That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with consent, you know, to touch for each other among friends, you can certainly do that. And then you could just like hover over and just say, okay, tell me whenever you of your body, you want me to do that. And then you could just do that and hover over. So like I say, I mean, we're on a podcast. So it's a little bit different, but in a different context, you may find that very much a turn on like when your partner comes in and is just hovering over your body mm-hmm. you know it doesn't do anything but it's just hovering or leans in for a kiss and doesn't fully kiss you but just kind of like pulls away right and plays mm-hmm. with that little bit of tease and play so, okay. okay that makes sense and then do you, would you have any like toy suggestions for the energetic like that would feel really good for them mm-hmm. 
Um, so toys can be so varied, right? Like you can use different toys. Like I could take a pen and I can make that very energetic, right? Or a pencil by just very lightly, like taking something like that. And just like already, I could feel it on the hairs of my arm, like just a very light touch. So, but if you're asking strictly for toys, I mean, anything that's in your household feathers are obviously quite nice for an energetic, anything that's very kind of soft, and silky that would just like drape very nice and softly along the skin. So remember to really, it's more about the touch, right? It's going to be more about that light touch and sensation. I mean, you don't want an energetic, isn't going to want something like really scratchy on the skin. Mm-hmm. That's going to be safe a little bit more for the kink and maybe for the sensation <laughs> or essential, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love going through all the different, mm-hmm. like, um, definition shadow and then the sensation. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Okay, next. Yes. Let's go to the next, <laughs> next one. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner, and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to O-S-E-A malibu.com and use code d-e-w-m-e for 10 percent off (laughs) okay so the next one is the sensual Mm -hmm. and the sensual is turned on by all of our senses right like everything that we're whether it's visual or whether it's actual touch or since any kind of sense that we bring into our awareness taste sight, sound, touch, everything, right? What we hear. So they're turned on by all of the senses. And again, like the energetic, they can have full body orgasms and non-penetrating orgasms. So again, just because like simple sensation and simple touch on the body can just be like, oh, that just brings like shivers shivers down my spine, you know? And like everybody has that little erogenous zone. Mine is kind of more the back of my neck. Like just simple touch or let's just say you walk into a bakery with a friend and they're like, oh my God, it smells so (laughs) good. And you're like, yeah, okay. It smells like a bakery, but they're so turned on Mm -hmm. by it, right? I can relate to that. (laughs) Bread, yeah. (laughs) 100% with bread. (laughs) Bread, garlic, yeah. Yeah, all of that okay. yeah so and the, for the sensual because they're turned on by all the senses they like the the beauty in things right in the music 
that needs to be just right and the lighting needs to be just right and you know can't have sex on dirty laundry and you know all those things so that can be the the superpowers you know are really that they're turned on by all the senses Mm -hmm. so that they can have that full body orgasm all over their body and they love you know full body touch essentials love to be touched you know, so if you ever see your friends that are just like always sitting there, maybe they got their hands through their hair <laughs> and they're just not always playing or they're always like touching themselves, they might be essential. They might be. Oh, uh, okay. And the hallmark of the sensual is that they need to feel relaxed in order to have sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. They could see the difference with the sexual. Yeah. But they need to feel relaxed in order to have sex. Mm-hmm. So most likely they're not going to come home from work and be like, Hey, let's get it on. Like they need to decompress mm-hmm. and just step into that relaxation. Are there particular ways that help sensuals relax or is it kind of just based on the individual? Yeah, very much based on the individual because it's really how finely tuned are your senses, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe if it's more um, physical sensation for you that you need, oh, I need to be massaged or I need to be in a bathtub. But mostly if they're involving in all the senses, it might be like having a nice bath run, you know? So you may set that up for your partner and have a nice bath, a hot bath, and maybe some nice rose petals inside of it, or, you know, a glass of wine and some nice music and the lighting just dimmed right down, like set the tone. So it's using all the senses, maybe lots of like different colors or nice colors, something subdued because what shuts down the turn on or what can be the shadow side for the sensual is because of all the senses. If things aren't right, Like if the lighting isn't right, if the music is not right, if the dirty laundry is there, if they haven't had a shower yet, like they can get so caught in their head at times that it shuts down the orgasm for them. Mm -hmm. I was with a partner who we had a candle going, music going, and obviously we were like doing sexual things and the candle was too strong for him and the music was like a touch too loud that everything kind of felt off for him and he had to stop and we had to reset mm-hmm. and we just like we had to take out the candle, turn down the music and then just like pause for a second. Mm-hmm. And so I can totally see where it just becomes too much, too overwhelming. I didn't get it in the moment because I'm like, can't we just keep going? But for him, it was just it was too much coming in then. Yeah. And, th- and thank you for holding space for him just so that he can feel seen and recognized in that because often what we do in our interactions is that we might shame the other person, right? Or laugh or, you know, something comes up for us or maybe we feel like, okay, they're turning me off or they're shutting me down or what's wrong with me. And then we can go into our own head and into our own story. Mm-hmm. versus and that's the beauty of understanding the blueprints is that when you understand hey my partner is essential and when they get up to do change the music or change the lighting or whatever it's not about me it's not about me at all it's not them rejecting me and turning turning or shutting me down it's that's what they need for their turn on mm-hmm. so that you can hold that space and loving awareness for them and then okay yeah bring it on mm-hmm. back like, you know so <laughs> Absolutely. I'm somebody who has a lot of sensory issues, so I'm incredibly sensitive to all of those things. And it's really hard, but like they seem like such small things. And maybe if it's like just the smell of the candle, then it's like, okay, I can work through that, but it still takes time to work through it. But then it's like you add one more thing and it's like, 
oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed and there's no way that I can get Mm -hmm. into this moment. Mm -hmm. Again, great recognition. And that's so important, right? So that we realize what are those things? Like what are our turn-ons and turn-offs? Because no matter how much you try to up the ante, so to speak, on the turn-ons, if your turn-off is like, you you know, your foot's on the brake and that's the foot is on the brake of your turn-offs, it doesn't matter what you do for the turn-on. It doesn't matter, oh, let me do this for you. Let me do that for you. And if you're still caught in your head about something, then that's your turnoff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have in the, in today's culture and society recently, I had read, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact um, source where it came from, but they said that one quarter, so 25% of cis heterosexual women orgasm through penetration alone. That's 25%. 75% are not orgasming yeah. through penetration. They orgasm in many other ways, mm-hmm. but not through penetration. And a lot of that comes from being caught in our head, mm-hmm. right? And orgasm becomes elusive. And we're not in tune with pleasure first. We're not in tune with really getting into our body. We're so stuck in our head. And that's why I said the hallmark of my practice is really bringing pleasure first and bringing awareness into the body and cultivating that. So we keep finding pleasure inside of our body because we're so accustomed to finding pain everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. And then in the moments of intimacy, we're not even present with the touch. We're not even present with the sensation or the penetration mm-hmm. that's occurring because we're in our head and we're not in our vulva. Mm-hmm. We're not in our cock body. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of good like sexual practices for a sensual, would that be like going through a checklist of the five senses and making sure that everything is like good to go? You certainly can. Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of all of this, right? And the beauty of having a conversation is conscious sex, is conscious conversations with your partner. You can also take care of your own needs too, right? So Esther Perel always says like the turn on and the orgasm is it's happening before it even gets to the bedroom. So if the turn on is before it even gets to the bedroom, then what can you do to set things up? So that if things are at your house or if you're more in control of the situation, what can you do to create that environment? Mm -hmm. And if you're with your partner, have that conscious conversation. What really helps me to relax so that I can ease into this is that I love when the lighting is like this. I love when we have the silk sheets out. I love the purple silk sheets Mm -hmm. with the (laughs) feathers on top and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the fun toys that are sitting out on the bed because it's the visual of it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you can absolutely have those conversations. So important, right? We go so unconscious in our way of communicating and then we step into blame or we step into shame or we step into, you know, belittling the partner or like you did the, how come you didn't do this? Like how many times is the partner going to show up for you when you come from that tone versus from a requesting tone? This is what I would like. Yeah. This is something I'd like to try differently. Mm-hmm. And so that was a question I was going to ask later, but since you're bringing it up, it's like, how would you start these conversations if you and your partner are different, like blueprints, you know, and like, how do you identify that the the issue is that you guys maybe get turned on differently or turned off differently, but like, mm-hmm. maybe you're putting it on like, oh, this is a relationship issue, but really it could just be like a good open conversation about your sex life. And like, yeah. those are things that need to get addressed. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I do as a coach, right? Is hold that space for people Mm -hmm. so that they can come and have those conscious conversations because we've been so conditioned in our society to a not learn any language Mm-hmm. right around sex and sexuality like let's face it i mean as we're growing up for the greater majority of our population we've grown up we're playing sports like we're kids right we're doing all the fun activities and we're in theater and we're arts and all these things and all of a sudden we we hit our 20s and we're supposed to be these like sexual gods and goddesses mm-hmm. right and we're supposed to know our body and be these orgasmic beings and we don't know and we don't we've never been taught a language we're, we're taught everything about that's negative and abstinence and everything that's negative around sex and sexuality Mm -hmm. So yes, cultivating a healthy conversation, again, that is not accusatory, that is not coming from a place of shame, but it's just coming from curiosity. Mm -hmm. So as a coach, I hold that space to be able to create new tools and new language for people, but it can be something as simple as tell me how you like to be kissed. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you love about sex. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you want to be touched. And you stay in a space of openness and awareness, and it's not a conversation. It's when you ask that question, it's reset it up as something called dyads, that you would just ask it, and then I would just allow it to land. It's just a place for you to consciously clear what's coming up for you. It's not a discussion, but it, I, and my response would simply be thank you, And then after we would finish that, then we can go and we can have a conscious conversation around things. Okay, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about how how do you like to be touched? And it's not about the other person. It's not, I don't like when you do this. It's you just sink into your body. Mm. I like a very contouring, very soft touch. I like a touch around my elbows. I love touch around my inner thighs. I love touch on the back of my neck. And sometimes I love a little tug on the back of my hair, like just simple things like that, that it's not about the other person being wrong. You see, it's just about you Mm -hmm. sharing from your personal space. Mm -hmm. And then it makes it so like that conversation on your end, you're not having to justify anything, which I feel like a conversation could sometimes lead to that. If they're like, oh, well, I've never done that. And it's like, yeah, but I like it. I've just like done it once to myself. It's like, it just stops that train of maybe a bad conversation, mm-hmm. <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, well, and I think that gets into a variety of other conversations, mm-hmm. right, around our attachment styles and our right. anxious attachment and avoidance and then polyamory and uh, monogamy as well. Like just, you know, if somebody's getting um, jealous about your past sexual experiences, we, we can't expect that everybody comes into this relationship and I'm the first person you've yeah. ever been with. <laughs> and, you know, and that we've also had each our own experiences, hopefully. And if not, you know, we cultivate that. What is our own healthy sexual practice? So that if we are about to foray into something that is a little bit different, maybe we want to play in that space on our own. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a new toy, right? And we want to play with, like, I want to experience this toy first on my own before I experience this with my partner. Because mm-hmm. I just want to know what I like and what I, you know, what kind of sensation and pressure and touch. That was one of my questions, I guess, leading up to it. So all of these apply to solo play as well, correct? And masturbation? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that's what we like to hear. Fully <laughs> <laughs> well, we encourage that. Yes. Yeah. Know thyself first, right? It's mm-hmm. it's part of that self-love practice. 
self-nurturing, self-care. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of that because if we're not comfortable with our own bodies, and I'll tell you from my own personal experience is that, you know, again, not, I grew up in a Roman Catholic family, right? I, my mom, she's 93, bless her soul. And I remember when I started sex coaching, I said, mom, what did your mom teach you about sex? Now, my mom was born in 1927, so her parents were born in the 1800s, right? So she's running off an 1890s-ish model around yeah. relationships, and she was taught that sex was a sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, were, they went through the Second World War, they went through the Great Depression, they went through all that. So, you know, that's what she was taught. And so I remember asking my mother about masturbation, and she shut that conversation down, and that when we never spoke about it again. Wow. So I, yeah, so I never got that like mm-hmm. healthy opportunity. Did I explore? Yeah, absolutely. But I didn't have her and luckily I had sisters yeah. <laughs> uh, to be able to communicate with, but you know, and, and, but not everybody has that too, mm-hmm. right? Not everybody has a sister that they can go to, or even a family member that they can go to and, and express and share conversations around masturbation, around healthy sexual practices, practice and exploration. Totally. And we hear time and time again how masturbation is such a good way to explore new things before you implement Mm -hmm. them with a partner. And so it sounds like, and tell me if I'm wrong, but with erotic blueprints, if maybe you're not quite sure which you fit into, trying out different things during your masturbation practice might be a really good way to figure out which Mm -hmm. blueprint you are. Yeah. We highly, highly encourage that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You might want to Everybody has something different, whether you want to set up a table, whether you want to have a, a nice kit by, by your bedside, <laughs> like whatever works for you, having a variety of sensation, play, all of that. You can have a variety of different things. And it could be as simple, like I said, as household items, right? Like I had to clean my glasses just before and like just something simple, like, ooh, like that just feels so good on my skin. You know, you could take... Um, like uh, one of my favorite ones is like when you're washing your car and it's got that kind of oh like, yeah shaggy mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like <laughs> those mitts, those are amazing, right? Like those were the the stirrups at my <laughs> at my appointment this morning for the lady doctor. <laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's so funny. Before we jump on the mm-hmm. the sensual, oh, the yeah. touch of the sensual is that very soft, very contouring touch. Right. So contouring around the body, full body touch can also be a little bit of a scratch inside of that as well. So very different than the energetic, right? The energetic Mm -hmm. is very slow, very anticipation. It might be even a little bit of a tease, whereas essential really loves that like full body, you know, touch all over. We're going to go to sexual next. And the sexual is turned on by everything in our culture, basically, that we believe is sexual. Right, whether it's penetration, it's nudity, it's wetness, it is porn, it's straight up sex, everything in our culture that we view as being sexual. And the hallmark of the sexual is that their turn on can be real fast, like zero to 60, very fast. Because if they are looking at porn or they see somebody walk by and it's like, whoa, hot, like immediate turn on, right? So they can step into that turn on real fast and they can bring that playfulness to sex as well because it is real quick, easy turn on for them. Mm-hmm. So that's the hallmark of the sexuals, that zero to 60 turn on. And the other thing for the sexual is that they need to have sex in order to feel relaxed. Whereas, remember, the sensual needs to feel relaxed in order to have sex. 
So you see that a lot of times with partners, right? That come to coaching Mm -hmm. is that one is often one blueprint. The other one is a completely different blueprint. And so the shadow sides for that sexual is that they can think that sex is so easy. They don't often want to come to coaching because they don't understand it. Right. They don't, Mm -hmm. how can you get in your head? Like sex is so simple. Sex is so easy. And like, turn on, like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's have sex. Let's go to the bedroom. Whereas the energetics like, whoa, shit, I need like slow it down, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I need like good 45 minutes to a play and space and tease and build up before I can step into my turn on. Yeah. So you can see the different dynamics there or if the essentials like, well, I need to feel relaxed and I've just came home from a long, busy day and the kids are running around and, you know, and I just, I can't down regulate my body enough yet to step into my turn on. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say the masturbation part is so key and it's so key to understanding who you are because then you know what your turn-ons are and you can pre- begin to prepare yourself. And as I like to say, it's like owning your own orgasm, right? It's like, I'm going to own my orgasm before I come to the bedroom so that I am preparing myself and my body for knowing what I need mm-hmm. in that moment. And the sexual, because they can have that real fast need for turn on for sex for play if they're not and and the genitalia is the most resource part of the body so the sexual might be that one that is going straight to the genitals right Mm -hmm. where the sensual is like no i want this like contour and soft touch and i want the and the energetics is just like no i want you to be hovering away and playing (laughs) with energy and space with me and tease right so but the sexual is just like just right in there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get into the five states and stages. Actually, that'll be my next TikTok video, but there are five (laughs) states and stages of our sexuality too. And if the energetic is like in a healing stage where sex is off the table for them or orgasm, because they're very orgasm focused, orgasm is the end point for them. If they don't believe that they're going to achieve orgasm, then they may not initiate sex they may not get involved they may not participate and if they're in a healing stage around their sexuality then they can tend to suffer because they feel like orgasm is and that's what sex is to them they don't understand that sex is so much more than just having an orgasm Mm. which blueprint did you say that was was that the sexual yeah okay got Got it. it yeah and they're the most again their their body is the most their uh, genitalia is the most resource place on the body so if i were to demo that which you know we won't do on video but <laughs> gen- genitalia touch mm-hmm. right and just wherever that looks like however that feels yeah be straight to the genitals i feel like as a society based on your description we would stereotype that mm-hmm. particular um blueprint as like cishet men um and so that makes me wonder are we born with our erotic blueprints or is it something we're like socialized into because I also think a lot of cishet men would say that that was their erotic blueprint but yeah is that like they were born with it or we socialize them to be that way because we decided they were cishet men yeah and I think every culture may be different too right so I'm assuming we're talking about America in that Mm -hmm. conversation and I would say that it would be societal conditioning that would be my belief I believe that's Jaya's belief as well is that it is societal conditioning it's you know it's kind of like uh and I think as well our our belief system is that everybody can be a shapeshifter which is the fifth one which is that we can be all of it but we get so programmed and we program men in our culture to be very sexual 
So they have that programming. But if if you take the blueprint quiz, and this data hasn't been published yet, but I, I believe it will be soon. Um, but men and women, cis heterosexual men and women, and any gender, any sexuality, we fall in all five. So it's not to say that all men are sexual. It's not the truth. Mm-hmm. It's not the truth. In fact, some men that are energetic can be misdiagnosed as being erectile dysfunction. Because mm-hmm. again, for them, right, they want space. They want tease too much, too fast can shut down the orgasm for them. Mm-hmm. So, so again, that, that's assuming that there's nothing else that's going on with them, right? Like we do this erotic detective work as well, where we really get in there and find out what else is going on for them, neurotransmitter, biologically, like all of that. But if there's nothing else that's going on for them and their orgasm is becoming elusive, they may, they may be energetic, they may be sensual, mm-hmm. and their partner may be treating them more like a sexual. Mm-hmm. And are, uh, are you saying then that all of the blueprints would then be like something that we are socialized to have or something that we are born with? So maybe it's something that we're born with, but then we're conditioned uh-huh. through society to be and act a particular way. Like women mm-hmm. are very conditioned to be sensual creatures right the way our clothes our colors like you know just the way they our makeup like everything mm-hmm. the way we move all that so we're kind of programmed in our society in the united states states to be more sensual for women mm-hmm. and yeah. men are conditioned to be perhaps more on the sexual side within our society and they get labeled mm-hmm. you know as being more sexual so it doesn't always become very fair to either right yeah. That makes so much sense because, and that makes sense of as to why so many people probably have trouble figuring out what turns them on, what makes them happy in the bedroom, how they like to be touched because we're socialized to believe that like, this is how my genitalia, my presenting body is supposed to be turned on, mm-hmm. but I don't uh, actually know. I don't. And then if I figure out that maybe I'm energetic, which means I maybe need more space, I think that something's wrong with me <laughs> because you don't yeah. see that presented anywhere in like yeah. helpful tools. So yeah. that makes a, a lot of sense. Look at the TikTok video that I made yeah. on energetics, like over 500,000, right? Wow. That were like, oh my God, yeah. I feel so seen. I feel so heard. I felt, you know, like something was always wrong with me. And no, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And it's just people are now finding like, oh, there's a word for it. Oh yeah, there's information. There's more information about it. So it's so and, helpful to yeah, have. Again, we just get so conditioned too, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me, if we fall into a relationship where we're with one partner, we'll talk about this, especially once we get to the shapeshifter. But um, if we end up in a relationship where our partner is one particular way of being, it's kind of like we have this whole smorgasbord of sexuality. This is available to us, right? But then we get conditioned to eat blueberries like all of our life, <laughs> right? And we're just eating blueberries and blueberries. So if we're always just sexual and it's that zero to 60, zero to 60 conditioned sex, that we don't even know what else is available to us. And if we don't do any type of work like energy work to really get into our energy field, and some people don't believe in it, some people do access it, some people call it empathic, some people are like, yes, I can feel the energy around me, some people study it, you know, so we can really expand in that space too. So we can grow in any one of these blueprints. 
Absolutely. But we do, I believe, society conditions us, our circumstances, our sexual experience and our relationships condition us. And the lack of education that we've had, come on, like we've had such little, I'm a totally different generation than both of you, but I've had such little sex education growing up. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it's much better these days, but you know, it's... It needs to change. Sex mm-hmm. positivity is definitely on the rise. And I feel like this now is the time mm-hmm. you're seeing more and more people coming forward to and talking about it in a very healthy mm-hmm. way. I have a thought. I'm not sure it's going to come out fully formed. So just roll with me on it. <laughs> I really feel like I connect with the sensual blueprint, mm-hmm. but I also am super sensitive and have some sensory issues. So I feel like I sometimes use the sexual blueprint in order to avoid those sensitivities because I know if I really give in to like sensual and ask for the things that I really need, I also have to feel what it's like to be in my body. And that brings up the anxiety and that brings up the body insecurities. And so it's like, okay, well, let's just go really sexual, really in that realm. And that'll kind of distract me from the more sensory things. Mm. Right. Like yeah. a coping mechanism. So exactly. Yeah. Cause I know sexual is not my blueprint. Like I know it's not, <laughs> like but I, I know, Yeah, I know. But then I also know like, yeah, if I don't really want to feel into my body, maybe I will just watch porn instead. And mm. that's what that does for me. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think I do use it as kind of a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not its own beautiful right. blueprint, yeah. but for me, I definitely use it that way. And that's where the shadow work would come in, right? That's where we would do some of that work in coaching is really understanding what are some of those shadows. Mm -hmm. And because for the sensual, again, I didn't say that, but perfectionism can be a hallmark of the that that is you. And again, how we do anything is how we do everything. So it doesn't just show up in the bedroom. It might show up in our workspace. It might show up around editing our videos. I know. You're just writing Cass's biography yeah. over here. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed. It's beautiful. And love and celebrate every bit of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like love and celebrate Absolutely. that part of you and just know that. And the beauty of that now, Cass, is knowing that, hey, if I step into perfectionism and I'm in the bedroom and now, and perfectionism comes in our body too, right? Like for so many sensuals, it's like, I don't have the perfect body. I don't want him to see me naked or he feels the same and he goes into perfectionism and I don't want her to see my cellulite. I don't want her to see my belly. I don't want her to see anything. So I'm going to shut down the lights. I'm going to turn everything off. I'm going to make it pitch black in here, right? Mm -hmm. So we can go into that that sense of perfectionism. So again, we're caught in our head. We're caught in our head and then orgasm becomes elusive. So your coping mechanism perhaps to get to orgasm might've been that zero to 60. Okay, well, let's just go for it. Let's just get this over with. And, you know, adapting through the sex, being the sexual and not making it wrong. Now that you know better, you get to do better. Mm-hmm. And so now you realize, Hey, this is just me stepping into my shadow sensual. I love her. I think she's freaking amazing. She served me really well up to this point in time in my life. And you can take a back seat now mm-hmm. because yes. I love who I am. I love all my beautiful bits, all my beautiful parts of who I am. And I'm just going to stay in this space of just allowing myself to be loved and surrender. Right? Because that's the most beautiful part, Cass, of 
getting to the orgasm, if that's what you wish to experience within the moment of interaction with your partner, is stepping into that surrender and getting out of your head. That was therapy on its own right there. (laughs) I'm a changed woman. I'm a changed woman. That was beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, so next one is the kink or kinky. Mm -hmm. And that blueprint is turned on by what is, or it's defined really as like, what is kink for you? And it's different for every single person. Right. We can't define kink as one particular way, because if somebody likes to have a missionary sex all their life and that's all that they've experienced and then they go to do something different, that may be considered kinky for them. Something that is outside their traditional way of having sex. Right. Flogging Uh might be kinky to one person, but it's nothing. It's just a normal sexual practice to another individual spanking paddling like whatever it is that can be something different to every individual so the kink there's two different types there's a sensation-based kink and the psychological kink and the psychological kink can go into that fantasy land that can also be also a little bit of the energetic too like the light and the dark energies so that can also be in a bit of the kink space as well so there's a bit of an overlap there and that slight dark energy that they could play with the submissive dominant role the giving receiving type role and then there's a sensation base and with the psychological it doesn't mean that you want it to be acted out mm-hmm. right it's just it's just the the thought of it and maybe you do want it to be sensation based but it can just be the psychological part that can be the turn on in itself And then the sensation base is exactly that. The sensation base, what we think is quintessential, you know, bondage and Mm -hmm. paddling and flogging and BDMS Mm -hmm. and everything else that plays in the space of kink. And you could probably play in the space of kink for an entire lifetime and not touch all the kink that is Mm -hmm. out there. Like there's just so, so much in that space to play in. Yeah. And are you saying so in the psychological, that person is enjoying like acting out a fantasy potentially physically, but like in their head, whether it's mm-hmm. masturbating or during sex and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. It doesn't have yeah. to be like, we've talked about to someone about like mind fucking, like, you know, playing, yeah. playing mind games with them. Is that also in the psychological? Uh, with consent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I want to add that yes. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That episode is very based on consent. So yeah. we'll put that out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Mind fucking can have a connotation of its own. Right. But mm-hmm. yes, you can definitely play in that space. Again, that can also be very energetic too. I've definitely had that experience with a lover where it's, you are so connected to one another that there's a lot of energy. Um, and there's a lot of psychological play in that space too. So how would you describe the superpowers and shadow then of kink? Of the kink. So, uh, the superpowers are that, I mean, the, the variety, mm-hmm. right. Is endless, right. the psychological, the sensation base, they can play in just so many different spaces and also the superpowers that they often have amazing, um, communication skills. Uh, If they're well-seasoned in the space of kink, well-educated in the space of kink, you want to make certain that, you know, if you're learning this, be in a a space where somebody's going to give you safe practices around it, um, that they can, again, be amazing lovers as well because they can play in so many different spaces and different areas in that. Mm -hmm. And then the shadow side of that is that they can go into shame. 
because they are pushing edges. And that can be the other part of the shadow is that they always need to push another edge, push Mm -hmm. another edge, push another edge. It needs to be edgier. It needs to be more risque and just moving it to like another level. And then there can always be another layer of shame, another layer of shame, especially as they're, they're learning and they're doing something new. And that's why it's important to, in, uh, especially in kink, but at any time that you're doing something new, is that you have an aftercare practice, mm-hmm. right? If you're going to engage in something that's new for you, that you have that conscious conversation up front with your partner, or even like sometimes I like to kind of play it out in my own mind because I'm very psychological. So I'll play it out in my own mind first. And then, okay, what am I going to need afterwards? Like what if shame comes up? And I'm doing this. How am I going to feel in my body? And then what do I need? Okay, let me check in with myself. I know right now that I'm probably going to, I'm going to need some conversation. I'm going to need cuddling. I'm going to need holding. I'm just going to need to know that he still loves me. And that like, you know, he sees me still as this amazing, beautiful being. And he doesn't see me as anything different. Like I might need words. I might need touch. I might need him to just be there. Whatever that is. If you have a partner that just walks away, then you're left in that like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> you know, your shame is coming up and like, did I do the right mm-hmm. thing? It's kind of like the, you know, when we're a little bit younger and we're drinking and we might have done something the night before. <laughs> we're like, oh, shit. The next day you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never want to see that individual. <laughs> and if there was an opportunity to have a conversation prior, you know, that you would have in a healthy space. And I don't condone alcohol and, you know, um, stepping into pushing your edges in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I really condone doing that when you're straight, Mm -hmm. that you are conscious about what you're choosing and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's just me. Everybody has a different belief system. I'm Mm -hmm. just sharing. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. I liked your initial or the initial definition of kink, because I feel like some people, you know, don't let themselves be kinky and like call themselves kinky because they're like but I'm just trying like handcuffs like I'm not kinky I'm vanilla I'm boring it's like no you can like just trying something new can be kink and like that's totally valid for you if that's pushing an edge and being like risky and so all Uh of that should be celebrated and not that calling yourself vanilla isn't celebrating but you don't have to think that you're just in a box because you're doing something that a lot of people maybe have tried. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to downplay it. And that can be part mm-hmm. of the shadow side that's already appearing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I want to, I'm trying something, but I don't want to really tell you, yeah, I'm doing handcuffs, but I don't know how you're going to perceive me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I share with you, Hey, I love flogging. And then you're like, okay, who is this chick? Right. Like, yeah. so what comes up for me, does shame come up for me? You know, I need to check in with my body. And then again, that really gets to another conversation of like me projecting onto you that I need for you to validate me. I need for you to be the source of my love and the source of my security, right? Where mm-hmm. we really have to step into owning ourselves and owning our, our own power as well. Right. And so yeah. what, what is the sensation play for kink? Can be a variety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It keeps getting broader and broader as we go into (laughs) more of the blueprints. (laughs) So when we teach it, right, like if we were in a a, uh, session together, when we teach it can just be constriction, 
right? Mm. Like you can play with that space. And I'm doing it on Zoom because it's easier for you to see up here, but you might do constriction around your arms. You might do constriction in other areas, but it can be this sense of constriction. It can even be like, you know, a little bit of a spanking in some areas or a little bit of a, you know, patch, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So, and I would also recommend that if you're going to do that, make certain that you warm up the area so that you don't break any blood vessels so that you warm that. And then you know, see how that feels and try that on your, on your body and see where you're on that on a zero to five. It was like, Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Bondage, like all of that robe Mm -hmm. scratching, you know, there's different things that you could do again, anything around your house, like that can be, you know, whether it's your fingernails, anything that's around you, that can be that Mm -hmm. opportunity to try something that's a little bit kinky. Again, it's just whatever's taboo for you. Right. Right. And that's such so many good things to use during masturbation play, you know, like the sensation of scratching or constricting maybe your leg or whatever. Um, that yeah. would be really easy, I feel like, to play with. Play yeah. with yourself. Yeah, and there's so <laughs> many toys that are out there, right, that are easy to be able to play with even when you're on your own too. So even if it is constriction mm-hmm. that you or bond like bondage that you can easily slip out of it so that you're mm-hmm. safe as well. So again, make certain that safety comes first. And um that I feel like I'm giving all these disclaimers, right? <laughs> it's good. It's good. We need it. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make certain, yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, like a mindfold can be a beautiful thing, especially for somebody that's sensual too and for kinky and definitely for the sensual because now you removed one of your primary senses because often yes. they say statistically 80% were visual and then 20 can be our other makeup, whether it's kinesthetic or oral or, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So if you remove the sensation of sight then it allows you to just down regulate you know calm down come back into your body so now you're not distracted by the lighting and the laundry and everything else that you can come back into your body and have that body awareness because now you're heightening all your other senses mm-hmm. so and especially if you're a very conscious partner and you're communicative with each other we do something that I teach which is an AB game where you would learn okay touch A touch B and we might mix that up right and play like let's play with the A touch is I don't know energetic and then a B touch which is kinky Mm -hmm. and then maybe an A touch that is sensual and a B touch that is sexual like mix it up so that we can play in that space and figure out okay what do I like because what comes after all of this is now we also have a blueprint stacking Mm -hmm. right in the way in which we like to be approached with sex so Cass you were saying you know, maybe sensual is your original blueprint. That's your primary one. And you like that initial onset. That's the first level of your turn on. Then maybe sexual, maybe somewhere in there, sexual is your secondary turn on. Mm -hmm. Like we can stack, like I'm very energetic at first. Then I go very sensual and then I can go sexual or kinky. Like I like that. And then, but when I come out, I need something on the other end too. Like I need sensual and then I need energetic as a release on the other end. Like, don't that just walk sense. away from me. Yeah. <laughs> you stay here. Yeah. Yeah, like, I want to be held. I want to yeah. be touched. And then just like slow kisses as we like begin to move away. And, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes that doesn't always happen. And sometimes I can play in my sexual space or it can just be a quickie and that I don't need all of that afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't make our partners wrong for it either. Yeah. Right. Just as long as we're communicative about it. I like the yeah. idea of stacking too. That that feels mm. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Feels nice yeah, to know. We're only talking like about a tip of the iceberg of information here, right. like, by the way. <laughs> like I know, this. which is crazy, but it's awesome yeah. that there's yeah. so much to this. It's amazing. Yeah. And so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love, I love, love, no, <laughs> I love learning stuff um, about ourselves, obviously, like, so fun, like horoscopes, all of that kind of stuff. I've always loved that kind of thing. But what I really love about erotic blueprints is that it's so like, practical mm-hmm. beyond that like yeah it's great to know these certain things about how I how my past might have gone and all of that kind of stuff but it's like I feel like I can use my erotic blueprint tonight to improve my mm-hmm. sexual experience and I love mm-hmm. that we love actionable steps that mm-hmm. we can take so yeah. <laughs> oh I love it oh you'd love our community too we have a huge community of people that have this conscious language right that we all get to play in this space and really get to understand each other and our blueprints and hey what are you doing tonight how are you feeding your central blueprint tonight oh I love that <laughs> Just have fun and support each other in that space or give each other ideas as well so yeah our community is growing like rapidly real fast right now so that is so fun what a fun gang of people I love that oh yeah we are it's fun so for shapeshifter this whole time I've been thinking I was like it's like divergent (laughs) like in the movies and I want to be a divergent I don't know if I'm a shapeshifter but that's what it's been like playing out for me um so could you talk a little bit about shapeshifter yeah yeah the shapeshifter is turned on by all of it Right. They are turned on. And let me say they can be depending Uh on how evolved they are as an individual. Um, They can play in all of it. They can have all the superpowers and all and identify with everything that is within the energetic, the sensual, the sexual and the kink. And they can have all the shadow sides of all of them as well, right? So a little bit more shadow work for the shapeshifter Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'm an energetic shapeshifter. I'm like, my, my scores are almost identical for energetic and shapeshifter. My, my, actually my energetic, my sensual and my shapeshifter are almost all identical. They're only like one point if you take the quiz. So, but as the shapeshifter, again, because we can have the shadow sides of everything too, there can be a little bit more work there, a little bit more recognition around what our shadow sides and what the turnoff is. But the, the beauty of the shapeshifter is that they can be the ultimate lover to anybody, right? Because it doesn't matter who comes in to their sexual space, they can feed, they can play off the energy, they can be more sensual, they can be more sexual as needed, they can play in the space of kink. And sometimes, again, we might, if our partner is one of those, in particular, the shadow side of the shapeshifter, is that they may end up starving themselves. Because if they're all, if let's just say their partner is a sexual and it's always a zero to 60, zero to 60 sex, then it's like missing out on the sensual touch. I'm missing out on energy and playing with space and tease and, you know, and slapping and spanking and, you know, flogging and all of that fun. Like you can be underfed in many ways Mm -hmm. and the shapeshifter can be seen as being too much because we always want more. We can have these very long, long lovemaking sessions and we just want to be fed and we want more and more and more and like hey where are you going i want more (laughs) i want more Uh (laughs) right maybe more hands on my body or just more touch or more play or more different sensations so that and if we don't get that there can be a starvation inside of a relationship inside of our bodies especially if we don't know how to feed ourselves and take care of ourselves as well Mm -hmm. And sometimes, again, we see that, right, that couples come 
to coaching where one is a shapeshifter and the other might be a completely different blueprint. Again, remember if we're just eating bear, blueberries and then the other person is like, whoa, just a minute, like we've got these star fruit and we've got these mangoes and these peaches and let's go play over here. And they're like, no, no, I'm just, let's just do blueberries tonight, blueberries tonight. You're going to get bored with blueberries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have clients that have been in sexless relationships for a long time. Even on in my TikTok, you saw a lot of people saying, oh, well, I'm asexual. I mean, and, there, and asexual falls on a variety of topics there as well. That's another whole conversation I'll do. That is a TikTok video, not for here. But that's just, you know, another space is that sometimes we can shut down our sexuality because we don't know our turn-ons. We don't know our turn-offs. And we're a finely tuned instrument, right? Like if we don't sit there and we don't get to play with it and we don't get to understand who we are in our own body and as sexual beings, then you can't just pick up a guitar and think it's just going to be this magical instrument and just start playing for you. It's the same thing with our bodies. We have to spend the time to really get to know what our turn-ons are, be comfortable in who we are. And that's why I do believe masturbation is an important practice so that we can step into a place where we feel comfortable with certain types of touch, knowing our bodies, knowing how we like to be touched, and then learning the communication skills. And that's all part of what we coach is congruency in our language. Because what I might say to you as an energetic, and if I just said, you know, oh, you're my soulmate. And, you know, for an energetic, they might be like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I just, you know, I just want to make like love to you and to the ethers and the universe, you know, all the lights come around us and just like let our energy flow. And and that might be a turn on, whereas a sexual is like, what are you talking about? Let's <laughs> <laughs> just DTF, you know, like, let's go. And so again, it's, it's, there's a language inside of all of that too, and there's a congruency in speaking the language because sometimes if we're so used to being in one blueprint and then we try to speak the language of our partner's blueprint, it can come off It can come off as being funny or it can come off incongruent, inauthentic. So again, it's about really embodying that practice, really mm-hmm. learning that so that you can really step into that and mm-hmm. play in that space. You've mentioned a quiz a couple of times. Could you let our listeners know a little bit more about that so that if they, it's not super obvious to them like it was to us, (laughs) which blueprint they are, they can start to explore that. You can go to www.allyjewel.com and on my landing page, halfway through, there's a quiz. And you can go ahead and you can take the quiz there. Yeah. And if people wish to contact me and they want a little bit more, they want coaching, there's also a contact page there as well. They can set up what I call a passionate possibilities call. I have a little questionnaire that's there for them so that we make certain we're a fit, Mm -hmm. right? I I get the luxury of being able to coach people that I love to play with and love to, uh, and I say that in a fun way, uh, via Zoom, right? Like Mm -hmm. that I love to work with, that I love to coach with. So that it's uh, people that I know that are going to take action and people that I know that truly want this work for themselves. So I ask them to fill out a questionnaire and allows you to sink into some things for you too. And then we have a conversation and you get even more of this level <laughs> and even deeper, you know, when you walk away with even more mm-hmm. and then, you know, we'll find out if we're the right fit for each other. Beautiful. And also you yeah. mentioned that you're going to be dropping a few more videos on your TikTok. So what is your TikTok handle as well? Yeah, thank you for that. It is Coach Allie Jewel, and it's A-L-L-Y, and then J-E-W-E-L. So Coach Allie Jewel. And we're out. And we're back in. We're back in and out. Yeah. 
We're backing out. In and out. Innies and outies. How do those happen? I would love some in and out. Oh, I've seen belly button. I know, but it reminded me of burgers. Mm. Ugh, what I would do to fuck up an in and out burger right now. But I can't. So, <laughs> thank you so much to Allie Jewell for being on the podcast today and running us down the list of what all the erotic blueprints are. We got I I was expecting us to touch on all five and then ask our questions, but we got to get in depth with every single one, which made me very happy. Me too. So thank you, Allie Jewell, and thank you to our listeners for sticking around. And if this episode really got you going, if it. Mm-hmm talk to you something about yourself you feel a little bit connected to your sexuality mm-hmm. go ahead and share it with someone else that you think could use the same mm-hmm. um that's not a diss that's not a <laughs> but diss. a gift exactly. is how i meant that mm-hmm. and if you have a couple more minutes to spare for your favorites poop and toots over here at <laughs> honey do me podcast head on over to apple Podcasts, rate review and subscribe to honey do me if this is the episode that's going to get you to leave a review what emoji should they leave um, the only thing i can think of is a ruler <laughs> you know like yeah you're, you're like some... making blueprints so blueprints. yeah leave a ruler uh people are gonna think we're like measuring penises <laughs> we're not not we're not not <laughs> so do with that what you will <laughs> and we'll see you next week you'll hear us next week yeah <laughs> bye, bye.